What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is November 23rd, Thanksgiving Eve, and you are listening to episode 40. Um, the last one was the Carnegie Special, and now I am back from Vegas. I told you it would be the 23rd, and I'm sitting here with a guest. I told you I was going to have a good guest. Uh, I've been wanting to get this guy on the show for a very, very long time. Um, not only one of the funniest up-and-comers working out there today, but uh, one of the coolest. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple years ago. And he just got the crown. He just, This is the, the Green Bay Packers of up-and-coming <laughs> New York comedians. Um, the one and only Dan Soder. You've done Montreal. You've done uh, Comedy Central. You're doing, you're doing great, and it's good to see a cool fucking dude that you bump into when you're trying to do the same thing uh, do that. So thanks for being on. Dude, thanks for having me, except you equivalenting me with the Green Bay Packers, who I hate as a 49er <laughs> fan. I prefer oh, yeah. to be in the 89 Niners okay. <laughs> of, of uh, comedy competitions in the fall. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, I guess... Uh, well, they just hold the crown. You're holding the crown right now. Someone's yeah, got to come and get it from yeah, yeah. you. I did the uh, I did the Rogers belt thing after I won New York's funniest. So I guess I am the <laughs> just to be an asshole to one of the other. Did comics. you really? Just to one of the other comics, my buddy Michael Che. Look at that. So my analogy was fucking perfect. You nailed it. Oh my! You and I didn't it. even know that. I wasn't even there. Yeah. I wasn't even there, and you did the fucking it, belt. It thing. also just makes me sound like a dick. Like I just walk around doing the belt thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just we were just talking shit about it, you know. That's awesome. Though. Did you feel good winning it, man? Yeah, it was great, man. It was a, uh, it was a great competition, and, and the nine other comics were tremendous. You know, guys that I love watching, and it was just uh, it was just fun to have a good set in the New York Comedy Festival, and uh, you know, win something like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Especially when you're like working hard every night, and you get to see the people that you really, like you said, respect and admire, and now you're up against them, and you beat those fuckers. Good, good. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, there, you know, it was, uh, it was like one of, it was like an afternoon show, but the, but the crowd was great, and it was just, uh, it was just fun, man. It was just fun. That's awesome. Yeah, like, uh, I don't really like competitions, but, you yeah. know, if I have to do them and they're fun, I like winning them. So, yeah. <laughs> that, it makes it easier. Um, fucking... I'm, I'm like you, where I don't like... Somebody said to me once, I was like, dude, should I enter this competition? And somebody said to me, what are you going to get out of it? And it really is like if you win it, you get money, and that's cool. If you don't win it, it's like I almost feel like it's like half good and half bad because if you win it, sometimes like it depends. How, like if, you're, if you've been doing comedy a long time yeah. and you win it, you're supposed to. Yeah. But if but if you lose, you know, and then if you lose, you're like, how the fuck did you lose? Yeah. But you know, I guess I guess in the situation with the New York Comedy Festival in Carolines, it's different because everybody does it, or a lot of comics. Like the, there's been comics uh, that have been doing comedy for 15 years that I saw in that competition. Yeah, I mean, there was a you know, it was a huge pool of talent, and uh, I was just, I was honestly just happy to get to the finals. Like I've been bounced out of the finals or out of the semis the past two years. Oh, yeah. So it was just like, ah, shit, I just want to make it to the final. And even to go to the finals, I was like, I just want to have a good set. And it just happened to be that I won. So it was... Uh, That's the shit. I, I went to... I did it twice and I was in the semis. Yeah, we were in the and semis then, together last year. And we oh, had I to shit. Do the, oh, yeah, dude. I did. I, was I, like, I had to go first. I ate my dick hard. Oh, my God. I remember I went in there and there was like six... Remember that? Yeah. There was like 11 people, uh. all women. And I went in and I did something like anti-my wife. And I lost them up front and uh. I just ate my dick. It's just... And, and when you know you're... With, Taking a beating during a fucking competition <laughs> set. Uh, it's just the fucking worst. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm competing at this and I'm losing. And I know I'm losing. 
Oh, it was fucking horrible. You get to sit there after the show and talk to your friend that won and is advancing. And they're all happy. And you're like, good job. And like, you did good too, did I? Yeah. Then why am I still fucking feeling like an asshole? Uh, if this thing is shaky, you know what? Fuck this. I'm I'm going to lay this right here. If you guys, if this thing is shaky, we're actually in New York City on a fucking cold Thanksgiving Eve in my wife's truck. Because Beautiful truck. Because yeah, we're in the we're on the Nissan. We we uh, we were gonna try to do it somewhere, and it just became too much of a hassle. Yeah, um, get fucking greenlit by four different people at one place. Yeah, just the to guy sit and talk. Yeah, can we go to a fucking? Can we go downstairs in your empty basement and do something? Probably. Oh, let me check with the owner and his sister. No, I'm always gonna sit in the car and do it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you don't check with anybody? We're leaving. Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody um, who came out. It was actually really cool to have people. I had people out in Vegas. My accountant was out there. There was a bunch of people who came out to Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. I want to thank everybody who did that. Um, and here's what happened. I, and I and Dan, I got to tell you this because you're a sports fan. Um, the day after Carnegie Hall, yeah. which... I was exhausted. I was doing shows all throughout the city before the, the before the Carnegie thing. It was weighing on us all. We, I did it. I was fucking exhausted. And my manager calls up and says, "I got you this audition for this South South by Southwest yeah. comedy festival. Yeah, yeah. Can you come down and can you do it?" And I'm I'm tired, but I Carnegie took so much just fucking out of you, like mentally, that I was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't care." And I I go I go to stand up New York, and. Uh, they're all in the back there, and this comedian comes up and goes, "You all right?" And I go, "What do you mean?" She goes, "You all right? You you all right?" And I go, "What about this?" Yeah. And she goes, "Yeah." And I go, "Honestly, I swear to God, I wasn't even trying yeah. to be a dick." I go, "After last night, I could give a fuck." Yeah. Like, or it was a day after. It was a day after. I'm sorry. So I I could give, a, honest to God, I could give a fuck about this festival right now. I'm so tired. That was like the night of my life. I got to share it with How you. Know, you peak. You would literally have to to have a better birthday than you had. Oh yeah. You would have to shoot fucking heroin <laughs> right into your pee hole, <laughs> and then just be in a uh, naked doggy pile with yeah. forty playmate to perform at Carnegie Hall on your birthday. All that shit going on. I mean, oh, dude, yeah. 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 Auditioning for a festival probably isn't going to get you all shook up. No, no, and 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 because of the nerves. So so when I said that my manager hurt, like saw me, Chris yeah. saw me kind of being like really carefree. And he goes, "Dude, you're going to get up for this, right?" And I go, "Chris, I go, of course I'm going to get up for it, but yeah. I'm just I'm just not in the fucking fear mode now. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Dude, I went on stage and I'm not going to lie, and there were some really good comments that I respected on it. I just, me not caring just took on a life of its own, and yeah. the set, I just crushed. Yeah. And I got all these clap breaks, and it was fucking great, and I'm looking at the guy running the festival, and he's laughing, and I'm being dark, and I'm singing, and I'm killing, and my manager's happy, and I was like... I don't give a fuck, and yeah. this is the way you have to approach every. Like I didn't do that. I used to not do that. Well, we, you know, because you get nervous. You know, you, you get in front of Montreal, you get in front of all these festivals, and all of a sudden you realize. I realize, like, why the fuck would I even just go up there and do what you do and don't sweat it? You know, and yeah. and it worked. It really worked. Well, it was a. Uh, I had a similar situation in Montreal this year. When I did Montreal. I was kind of tense the first night, the first night of shows, and the show went well, but the second night, Bobby Kelly was hosting. And uh, I was like loose and just fluid. I was like, ah, this is fun. I just finally realized how much fun this was to be. You know, Montreal's like a comedy summer camp. And you're just up there with all your friends. And I was just doing it. And Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, he's like, dude, you're so calm. I hope you eat your dick so that you have to sit in the green room and look stupid. 
and, and it ended up being like that ended up even helping me more because I was like, oh, this is what all comedy is, is ball busting and us having fun. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. If you have an opportunity like that in doing comedy where you're loose and you don't, not that you don't care, but that you're right. not afraid. Right. That's that's exact. Congratulations, by the way, Montreal, and all the feedback that I heard from the thing. You know, people that I know and you know that represent said you did a great job. And uh, no, that's and and that's the attitude that you have to have. Um, so when I did this festival, I didn't not care, but I just realized that you know uh, I don't want to sound arrogant here, but I knew. And, and, and all I really gave a fuck about was to be there for my friend uh, Bill Burr and to do a good job for him. But when a guy like that at that level says, dude, you killed, I love your set, like it lifted me up, yeah. you know, and, and he watched it. He's, and one, my, he's one of the best working, top two working comedians right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and to have a compliment like that is... Well, it was cool because I got off stage and all the people from the Comedy Central and the festival were clapping and Burr kind of put his head down. I talked about this on my last episode and he was shaking his head and he goes, dude, you killed. And then I looked at him really happy like I was looking at an older brother and I go, dude, I gave him all my real shit like from my heart. Yeah. And he goes, I loved it. And when he said that, I was just like, yeah. that's all I fucking... So so I go to this thing at Stand Up New York. There's 25 fucking people in the audience. And yeah, the guy's back there judging and I didn't care. I had a great set. I got clap breaks and I literally, there was a moment on stage where I go... If, if it's about laughs and, and I, I got this. And then I got in a car with David Kimowitz, my, my manager, um, and we go to the Jets-Patriots game this night. Now, I'm flying to Vegas hours from now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm exhausted, dude. The Carnegie thing leading up to it. Now I fucking do this audition, and I got to go, and my mother-in-law gets me this ticket. She's like, I'm making sausage and peppers. I'm a Giants fan, but fuck it. I'll go to the Jets-Patriots game. So well, how are you gonna turn on that ticket? It's it's a great game. Yeah, it's a great game. As an NFC fan, I'm an NFC fan as well. Yeah, you, you fucking Jets Patriots is great. It's I a mean, great rivalry. The past two years have been unbelievable. Brady live, and the seats were right on the field. So we go. I go to this game, and my mother-in-law. I get there like right as the first quarter starts. And my mother-in-law was tailgating. She's drunk. Good. My mother-in-law is a, Jer- uh, a Jersey lawyer. Um, you know, great to me, great to my son. You know, nothing bad to ever say about her. But she gets fucking like she fucking gets down, man. Like she gets loaded. Yeah, she does. And uh, she she play she, hard if you fucking work hard. Yeah. So she's sitting there and she just starts like tapping this one guy in front of me. He's got this Debrickashaw Ferguson jersey on, oh, yeah. and she just taps him and she That's goes, "Hey, you... she goes, hey buddy, hey." And this guy turns around. I don't know if he's gonna be a dick. And I guess she was talking to him before I got there. She goes, "Yeah, my son-in-law right here. Yeah, he's a Giants fan." Yeah. And I'm just going. Oh my god, she's gonna get my. So then I'm thinking, and, all right. And why would you say that to a guy that chose to wear an offensive lineman's jersey? Like, if <laughs> yeah, it's I don't a think she knew that. Jersey, that's, a, like, that's hilarious. Like, oh, you, you fucking Let, obviously fit into the fattest guy on the field. Let's find the toughest motherfucker. Ah, this guy likes O linemen because they smash into other people. Oh, dude, it was hysterical. Yeah. So then she's looking at the guy behind me. Yeah, my son in law here is a Giants fan. So then it kind of becomes a joke. And I'm like, all right, this is going to end now. She's not going to get my ass kicked. I got to fly to Vegas soon. And all of a sudden, this guy in a Revis jersey standing in the view. Oh. And she goes, what an asshole. This fucking guy should be sitting. And she was right. And everybody behind us was pissed off. And she just takes a peanut and just launches it. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going to get my ass kicked. And yeah. then it got to the point where I legitimately went from funny to like, no, no, I'm going to get my fucking ass kicked. Because you're not going to. Yeah. Like, no one's touching you. I'm going to get my ass kicked. And then finally, like, I just, the last time she did it, I kind of just didn't want to laugh. Yeah. I kind of just, like, looked away and I think she got it. But uh, we go to that fucking game. My mother-in-law almost gets my ass kicked. Uh, I did pick the Patriots to win that game, which they did. Yeah. Uh, they beat did. the shit yeah. out of them. 38-13, was it? Oh, yeah. It was just, it was one of those things. Sanchez just looked 
I mean, he was throwing those pick sixes on the t- on his oh, own ten, and he was all over the place. Uh, so I get on the airplane. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, I fly. I'm very. I'm a bad. I don't travel well. Oh, you're a bad flyer. Oh uh, no, like it's my one of my biggest fears in the world. Is it really? Yeah, like oh, like a uh, like a compulsion fear, like dreams of planes falling out of the sky. Oh fuck. Oh yeah, really tough, man. Like 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 I drove to Milwaukee from New York. I drove to Denver from New York. What? Yeah, 25, 20, 25 hours or something uh, with my brother because we were going to wake up in the morning and book a jet blue and I had a dream uh, like the movie Castaway. Or like he was in the cockpit. Or La Bamba? And he saw, no, yeah. <laughs> no, you remember in Castaway yeah. when he was in the thing, he saw the water? Yeah. Like in the cockpit, I had dreams that I looked at the co- and I saw raindrops hitting the ocean from the cockpit and we hit the water. So I called my brother, I go, rent the car, we're not going. So yeah, but now I'm starting to, now that I'm flying more, I'm starting to do, do it. Do you have to get all, uh, do you have to get all I, doped I, up? Yeah, I used to take, uh. You have to be like a circus animal and I- fucking <laughs> ship him from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm a elephant. fucking lion at the yeah. Six Flags. Yeah, just laying there. Yeah, I'm, I, no, I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I just fucking tough it out. Like now, I now I try to call myself a bitch, so I force myself to look out of the window. I would be scared shitless of you, It'd be, because <laughs> with your beard the way you have it right oh, now, yeah. if you were fucking jacking yourself up on a flight and you're like, "Come on, you pussy!" I'm like, "This guy's gonna take the plane down." This guy's- <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's fucking something's gonna happen. Oh, shit. I need an air marshal. Oh, I need that's... an air marshal. <laughs> like, if I couldn't, I would be so Oh shit. Because I'm like very calm. I'll have oh, a drinks, get out oh. of plane. But if I looked over and you were like, fucking come on, I'd be like, oh man, he's he's doing it. He's fucking making peace with Allah. I'm not gonna fucking sit next to this. He's doing it. Oh god. Oh shit. Yeah, I don't want to see you get all fucking ripped oh. up. No, dude, I was just, you know, I wouldn't do. That's fucking hilarious. I, I was just sitting there, and I just got really like, I just get to the point where I'm like, you know, I actually talk myself into if I die, it's all right. Like I'll be like, all right, look, man, like you did. You're a bleak dude. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, like about about that shit. So then once it takes off, I'm like, oh, I'm good. What the fuck am I worried about? Um, so I go to Vegas. I sleep on the plane. I get there, and I work with. I'm working with this guy, Ron Shock. This guy, Ron Shock, is a legend of comedy. He came up with Bill Hicks. Okay, this guy is, I, I called him, we did, uh, we did TV out there. We did Fox News Vegas out there and uh, Fox 5 News in the morning. And this guy was a burglar. He was a thief. Yeah. Okay. He spent his 21st birthday in prison. Then he gets out of prison, he straightens his life out, and he becomes the vice president of a publishing company, and he's making all kinds of money, has his shit together, and things are going great. And when he was at the top of his professional career, he says, fuck it, I want to be a comedian at at 40. It was for, and he said, no money, you know, there's no money. He was, you know, from the, the, the Houston scene, he, uh... He met and became friends with Bill Hicks. They were doing shows all over the place together. This guy's 69 years old and, uh, you know, smokes cigarettes. And he's got that, he's got that, like, he almost sounds like a more Texas-y version of, like, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Like, you know, and, he's, and, and when he laughs, he genuinely laughs. And he's got this really profound laugh. And he's just telling me these fucking unbelievable stories. He told me this one story about how he, him and Bill Hicks did this room in the middle of nowhere. And they fucking hated him. And they go, you come back tomorrow. They had to come back tomorrow. He says something like, you come back tomorrow and you fucking pull that shit again. Or you talk about that again. We're going to fucking, like they lost it. Jesus. So he goes like this. So he goes, fucking, he goes, I'm, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to do it. He goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking trip on acid when I go. And he said, Bill Hicks goes, you got one for, you got two? Like, so they fucking both go in tripping on LSD into this thing. 
and he tells me it doesn't go well at all. They yeah. get into a fight, and they're getting chased out of the club, and they're running out of the club, tripping their balls off on LSD, only to find out that Ron locked the keys in the car, and they literally were punching and breaking windows oh. to get the fuck out of there. And I'm just fucking listening to these legendary stories yeah. of this guy. He told me another one that um, somebody asked, Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks asked Richard Pryor. Let's tell how fucking cool this is. Bill Hicks asks Richard Pryor. Um, who do you think the funniest guy out there is? Like, who's the funniest yeah. guy? And Richard Pryor goes, the funniest dude without a doubt is Dean Martin. He goes, I know he wasn't a stand-up. He goes, you give Dean Martin a, a stool and a microphone, he will fucking blow you away. Really? Yeah, I thought that that was fucking incredibly that's cool. A, that's crazy. Yeah, how cool is that? Just like, and I'm just Pryor sitting there. And, and the really cool thing was Ron liked me. I did really good on my set. And he was like, hey, like after after TV, you want to go for coffee? And he's telling me so he's telling me how he was sitting with Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney just in like a cafe or a diner. And Rodney just busted out a, a joint and started rolling it. And two yep. cops walked in. He was a Rodney, dude, fucking two cops. And he was literally like, hey, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Nobody. And, and like the cops just came over and were so cool about it. He's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, like. He and, really could do anything. And I'm just sitting there, like, and I'm going, this fucking guy has, is, is a is a legend and he's like all these fucking stories and then the, the last thing that, I, that he told me there's a place out there I don't know if you like Thai food but if you ever go to Vegas there's a place out there and it's cheap it's called the Lotus Siam okay it's the best Thai food and he told me this story and I ate there it was unreal uh, Smokey Robinson was in there when he was in there and he said fucking everybody was thrilled that Smokey Robinson is in this fucking restaurant and he said Smokey Robinson sings White Christmas for everybody eating and then picked up the tab for everybody. What? And I was just like, dude, that is old school fucking Hollywood. You, like, don't, you never yeah, hear things like that like You're not going to hear... Right. Like, this is how shitty our culture is, is that you're never going to hear about like a fucking Justin Bieber <laughs> singing baby, baby, baby and then right. picking up everyone's tab. Because he's a little shit. Yeah. And he probably just goes and eats. He has, he has his muscle pick up his food. And then he eats <laughs> in his five-star. It's like celebrities now suck. They just... You know, like, yeah, you, it's you not, think of Dean Martin and those roasts oh, and the Rat Pack. It. And, like, you think about how talented guys like... You know, like, guys like Paul Newman and Robert Redford would yep. just keep their lives private. Absolutely. So that they could, they could be those characters in the movies. And now everyone wants to make a buck off everything. No, you're 100 percent right. We don't have celebrities anymore, and and it's that's right, that's right, and and the fact that it, no, dude, you just nailed it. It's like Dean Martin and those guys. That was like true talent, true Hollywood, like picking up tabs and like they were cool they as were, shit. They were stars. Well, they also knew that these people were buying their tickets right. to make them to give them this money. Right. And here's the thing. Right. That's right. Here's like a story. My ex girlfriend told me a story that her grandfather was at the Copacabana in like the like early 60s, late 50s, and Sinatra was there. And Sinatra signed a napkin for her grandfather. And her grandfather kept it. And she still has it. It's like, that's crazy. It's a fucking napkin that says Copacabana on it, signed by Sinatra. Right. That won't happen now. Like, that won't. Right, right. You won't have, when we're, you know, when you're a grandfather, your grandchild isn't going to be like, yeah, my fucking grandfather met Bieber at some club in the <laughs> meatpacking district and he bought him a URL right, for 15 <laughs> You know, right, like, it's right. No, it's just not. Here. It's not. You don't have that classy, no, celebrity shit anymore. No, you definitely don't, and it's kind of sad. And it, you know what? You, what you said is true. It's like, you know, the whole like, and nobody wants that from Justin Bieber because they know it's not going to be fucking worth anything. In like, uh, he's going to OD gonna, in three gonna, years. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be fucking. God, that'd be spooky if like literally like in. 
2014. He did? He just... Today, uh, like E or like TMZ, he's like, fucking Justin Bieber, oh, dude. I'd be like, how I'm great, a prophet! How great would it be to see a fat, bloated, bearded Bieber oh, when he's just like, well, just completely fucking like Jim Morrison did. Like if well, he just yeah, fucking... I would... Uh, he doesn't have... The pinky's worth of the talent that Jim Morrison had. Oh, wow, he's a talented dude. But what I'm saying is like, <laughs> we're, we live in a society that loves taking people down notches we honestly get off american culture loves building these people up just to be like how fucking fast can we tear them right back down yeah that's true and it's just it's with everything politicians athletes celebrities you know they build someone up like kim kardashian they're building it up so just the, the fall is that much more watchable right it's fucked up no, it is. It's it's a, a, and it's a fucked up, it's a blood sport. That's why comedians, if you make it, you make it on your own merit. Yeah. Like, look at everyone that's, you know, look at all the top dogs now. You know, Attell, CK, Burr, you know, even Marin did it on his own. Yeah. You do it on his own. No matter what happens, CK, it could come out that CK is just doing a bunch of blow and, you know, like, or something fucked up. Guess what? He's still a great stand up and he's yeah. still doing, putting stuff out there. So right. it's like, I don't know, man. I would if I, I'm, I count my lucky stars every day that I'm not an actor or a, or a fucking musician. Yeah. Just to deal with all that. Bu- we deal with a lot of bullshit. It, and ours is very limited. We get limited gains as we're coming up, but it makes you better. I think. I think it just. It's just such a great craft. Uh, what we get to what well, what the you know and two like music. We can say something new every night, yeah. and like music, you can do new songs, but they're same tones. Like yeah. there's there's a certain way, yeah. you know, like that they sound. They they they're kind of like a Justin Bieber song now is gonna be like a Justin Bieber song. It's kind of he's not gonna change it up. Yeah, it's not, you're never gonna change it up. Like that style of music is that style of music yeah. for somebody's career, you know. And well, and, you, you know, but you look at and look at even the classic bands. They've changed it up because that's why the classic, the right. Stones, right? You know, everyone like that. I just feel like a, I don't know, man. I feel like our culture is kind of in the shit right now. I agree. I think it is too. I think uh, I think that you know the the beauty of our art is the originality of it. You could put out a fucking new hour, new bits. You know, you could totally just you know change and and get better and evolve. And I just don't th- you know. And society sucks, man. Like society, like when you watch a guy like like Louis C.K. or Bill Burr just grow and evolve, it's just like those guys. It, those guys should even be bigger than they are. Yeah, you know yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah. like they're big, but they should like they're big in the comedy world, but they should be fucking household names. It's like, like the, Tracy Morgan is a household name. It's like the opposite of hipsters. Like we're like, no, everyone should like this. Where hipsters like, I like that when it before it was cool. Be like, yeah, I liked him before anyone knew about him, but more people should, should know, know about, about him. him. Right? Yeah, it's almost like I don't like this whole anti like commercial thing. It's almost yeah. like no, I liked him better when they were in underground clubs, not making money. Really? You now know? they get to actually yeah. not have a day job. Yeah, like I never knocked. Like somebody said, the guy from Maroon Five, they they were knocking the guy from Maroon Five. They're like, yeah. oh, this guy. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I choose to write hits for radio. Yeah. Like my, I don't care. Like when anybody says, I want to write a hit for radio, and if it's poppy and not the the greatest thing, if I'm me and my, if like if I'm making money, like I can never knock that. How are you gonna? You like, know what? And that's what's refreshing about that is the pure fucking honesty that he's just like, yeah, 
I want to make as much money as possible. Yeah, and you know what? And he's just like, yeah, like some people that hurts them. Real music purists get hurt by that. Yeah. But he's like, listen, um, they're paying me. I'm, my shit's being played on the radio every fucking day. Yeah. It's, you know, it's eighteen times a day. I got, I don't fucking. But like a guy like a guy like Bill Burr. I'm not saying it because he's my friend. You know, like I said, Louis C.K. Other people. I feel like if you like love comedy, like that's a level of like that's a fucking level well, that should be everywhere. Well, that's like. I always find with like my my friends that aren't comics, my civilian friends, when they when we talk, they'll be like, "Dude, you know this, uh, you know this guy, uh, Bill Burr? Yeah, yeah, he's been awesome for years. Yeah. How do you just yeah. just finding out? You just found out. Yeah, good. Yeah, you're not mad at him. You're like, good. Yeah. Dude, you've got so much shit you get to listen to. Dude, I just opened for him in Dallas, and somebody goes up to me and goes, "Dude, I, I've just." Uh, I just started listening to this guy, Bill Burr, six months ago. He's, like, one of the best. And I go, six months ago? Yeah, this guy's been fucking... Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, it's... Yeah, but no. that's what comedy is. No, that's what comedy is. Comedy and it, is always... You could always get new fans. And you could always lose people, because, you know, whatever. But it's just... That's that's what I love about this, man, is just all of a sudden someone would be like, did you have you heard of this guy? And you're like, yeah. Even with some of my friends that are coming <laughs> up. Like, I've had that with, like, someone's been like, have you heard of this guy, Nate Bargetsy? You're like, yeah, it's... It's my best friend. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, other guys like that. You just see all these, you know, these guys that you like, check this guy, you know. Yeah, because you hear a name. You'll just hear a name and you'll be like, yeah, I do spots with that guy all the time. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like I work with him. Like, yeah. Or yeah. No, no, no. It's amazing how, and we don't even realize, but we're slowly building. You're slowly building fans. And, and I think that the best, uh, I guess that's like the. The fucking like the timer, yeah. I guess it was. Let's see if your car starts first. Yeah. This is gonna be great. Oh, we've right. got life! All, All right, right, everyone All on the podcast. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Paul is not <laughs> stranded in the fucking West Village. Oh, yeah, that would suck. And, and his fucking drug rehab outfit. <laughs> Sweatpants I'm not gonna lie. I look. I have Adidas sweatpants on and an Adidas hoodie. I look. Like, and my look, beard is fully out. You look like I, you just kicked heroin. I like. <laughs> I feel like this is like. I feel like if the, if I was in the driver's seat and you were in the passenger seat, it would look like I just picked you up from rehab. Yeah. And I was taking you out for like something like very. Uh, simple, like a shake and a burger. Oh, that's so. We're like, funny. hey, buddy, let's talk about like how are things. Are things there. getting better? Yeah, no. Do you still have night sweats? <laughs> <laughs> are you still, are you still fucking. Does your skin still itch all the time? No, yeah, I look like uh, you know. I honestly, it's one of those things where if somebody said, "Hey, you want to come and do a spot?" I would. I probably would because I hate saying no to stage time, but I literally would feel so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like they would be like, "Dude, did you just grab this guy off the fucking street yeah. and tell him a couple of jokes to just fill a fucking?" Yeah, I I look like. But it's great. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck it. We're doing a podcast yeah, in the car. Yeah. This is the first one, episode 40, in the car, in the Nissan Rogue. Uh, we got the car seat in here. This is fucking hilarious. My wife's proof. Yeah, yeah. He actually is a father. <laughs> yes. That's not made up. No, no, I'm a father. Yeah, he's and a one dad. on the way, man. I know, man. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you. Been a fucking hell of a year. It's uh, this has been a great. This has been the best year of my my career for sure. The the Vegas thing. But anyway, going back to the Vegas, but the Carnegie thing. Right now, to date, I will say this. That. I hope that everybody that I'm friends with, I hope that, that, that comedians that I like and respect like yourself and other people have an opportunity to get on that stage and, yeah. get, and get a laugh in that room. Yeah. Because it was fucking like, it was... It was you don't understand, you, if... if by the way, thank you for your text, because when I went back to my dressing room, yeah. I was fucking geared up, you know, my managers were there, my wife was there, and I was just kind of like, holy shit, that was unreal, and Bird just gave me the compliment he gave me, and I looked, and, you know, from you saying, great set, and it felt good, so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, I got in trouble for sending that text. Yeah, my little brother like, had six minutes of footage, and they got really pissed. Yeah, the lady's like, turn your phone off, I was like... I'm just sending a text. They're like, God, it was on fucking stage, lady. 
<laughs> but if you know you're talking about Carnegie, and you know what's funny is. If stages are women, you just fucked yeah. the most beautiful woman in that's, the history. That's great. I've never heard that. Anal- like, that's great. Right. And now, yeah. you know, the next bar show you do is banging that fat slob that just hung out <laughs> a little too late after the last call. Like, you banged Yeah, I just went from a 10. Best. No, yeah. not even a 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I mean, a life-changing... Yeah, it was it was one of those things, and I, and I'm not even joking. You're up there, and I'm going like this. It felt different, like it felt yeah. like, like I did town hall, and that was awesome. But this felt like plus I made sure with this set, and you saw my set. I talked about my son, the love yeah. I have for him. I talked about my real fucked up deep thoughts that yeah. I have. I made sure if I'm going out on Carnegie, I'm going out. I'm giving my soul. Yeah, you're not going out there and being like, oh man, so what is going on <laughs> yeah. with? Airline yeah. food. Can I'm we not, get? Uh, yeah, I'm not doing a fucking Jay Leno monologue. Just yeah. so that guy go down the wrong one way. That's awesome. Only in New York. Yeah, and that could have been really bad. Yeah, totally didn't care. And and um, nah, he's but, probably going to some douchey club to get coked up. But no, man. It, and you know what's amazing? Do, you know what the honesty stuff and the stuff that's real, like you said. Like I know you're joking around about the airline food, but you know what's different? Um, I was on stage there, and when I was on stage in Vegas, nine shows after Carnegie, fucking shot. But I had a good time. I rested up. And, I, and Ron Schock liked me, like I said, and I heard him laugh. And I'm like, oh, dude, he listened to a couple of jokes. He's really laughing. He's got this really distinguished laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you could hear, like, you'd fucking, like, 30 years of comedy yeah. laughs. Just fucking comedy condos. Comedy and, and smoke. Shit. Yeah, comedy, yeah. And, and nicotine and fucking just bad fucking thoughts. And just yeah. the guy the guy who's been, but really nice guy. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, he's laughing, he's laughing. And for, like, 15, 20 minutes of my set, the guy's laughing. And, I, and he was like, dude, you got Ron Schock loved you. He left. And his wife was like, he never looks at the middle. He fucking doesn't even know their name. He wanted to invite you over for dinner. He said, "Oh, Paul Verzi on stage." You really and I was. It was so fucking honor. Yeah, it was an honor. Yeah. And it was, but it was because of the realness. Yeah. It was because of. And this guy's fucking up there telling stories. I mean, if you ever get a chance, this guy will tell you a story. Somebody said to me, um, he he sounds like it goes really quick. I swear to God, Dan, I'm watching this guy. I thought it was 15 minutes, yeah. and he did almost an hour. And he I just, think that's the storytelling. And, I, and I've always said that that's. Uh, I've always said to my other comedian friends, and I, I think it's, it, it is the truth, is a sign of a great hour or a sign of a great comedian is it feels shorter than it is. When I saw Burr at Caroline's back in June or May, he did yeah. 65 and it felt like I watched him for 15. And yeah. it was just like, when he was done, you're like, what the fuck? That was it. And you look and you're like, Jesus, that was yeah. 65 minutes. That, yeah, that's when you know. That's when you know they can find a way and they just fucking maneuver. What it is is they, they've, they've hooked you. They've got you. In, yeah. They've, they've done the thing that comedy's supposed to do, which is to make it feel like you're having a conversation and it's that you're participating just with your laughter. And it's 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 a fucking very difficult thing to do. It's yeah, it's great seeing the great comics. And it's and it's the opposite of that is when somebody's taking forever. Well, three minutes set. <laughs> you're like, you start oh. out, you go to an open mic and you see a guy doing two minutes. Like this feels like ninety. You know it's funny watching somebody really bomb and then the shit they say right after. Like I saw this girl, and I really don't know her name, so yeah. I, I'm not like hiding anything. I really don't know her name. I haven't even seen her probably for good reason. But this girl was at the Village Lantern one night. And I went in there, and I mean fucking, and there wasn't a big crowd, but nothing, uh, like fucking nothing I've for had, minutes. I've and she goes outside, she, and she's outside, and the funniest thing, she's outside, and you just hear her go, I don't know, like, what's wrong with these people? Like, it was oh, just, it no. was just, it went to the total, like, like, am I well, crazy? And I'm just sitting there, and I, oh, it's fucking there's, hilarious. There's two ways to bomb. 
You can bomb gracefully where you just get off stage and you're like, I just got my ass handed to me yeah. and I'm going to go home and work harder. Or when you're like, man, those people are stupid. I, I was, you know, I was, mur no, you weren't. You yeah. sucked. You <laughs> sucked. Everyone sucks. Everybody Every saw you shit the fucking yeah. bed. It wasn't good. It wasn't. Yeah. The yeah. guy after you got laughs. Like, they're, they're, yeah. These people, it's not the people's fault. Sometimes the audience sucks and that is a, that is a case. But when you, when you have a classic bomb like that, that is your fault. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get off kilter and you're just fucking awful. Uh, and it's, it's just, and, and you get, you <laughs> and have I've a, had those, there's man. a look on people's face after they bomb that's so fucking funny. They're just like, they just have the look of defeat. But you know, like you said, the cool fucking comics who get it and know they're just like, man, I fucking ate my dick. Oh, and that was it. <laughs> I have taken some beatings. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I, the, the bombs always stick with you. And there's been oh, some, shit. I have bombed, I won't look at anybody. That's how I know. If I, if I get off stage and I will refuse, I will look at my feet, I'll go to the bar, get a beer, or I'll go outside and smoke a cigarette and hide from everybody because it feels yeah. like everyone just watched you take a shit. <laughs> like everyone just got a front row yeah, seat. Yeah, like everybody just saw you. Yeah, dude, that's... Your that's, most personal... Yeah. You're just like, you watch that? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry. Oh, man. That's how I felt, man. I've, oh, God. The weird... One of the bombs that... I don't know if, you, if we did it the same year. It was the New York's Funniest two years, like three years ago. There wasn't an audience at Stand Up New York, and they started the show. And I was like four. No, I wasn't on that one, no. Oh, my God. I went up there. In front of who? This is where it gets weird. It's almost like a nightmare bomb. It felt like a nightmare because in the back of the room were all the people from Comedy Central and these agencies and this management and, like, the people from the New York Comedy Festival. And I'm up there taking a hot one. And all of a sudden, I look to my <laughs> to stage left. And fucking the dude from Melrose Place, Andrew, uh, fuck, what's his name? I, I think I know what you're talking about. Good-looking dude, brown hair. The actor that was on Melrose Place, Andrew, I want to say his name's, like, it's not Andrew Wolf. It's, like, something like that. I don't know. If you're listening to the podcast, I am DBM. The dude's sitting right there. And I'm like, this is a night. How did this guy pop into the club? And how many people was he with? Like five people. And there's maybe like 12 people in the audience. It was like a nightmare bomb. I was oh, like, my God. Like, like I had just watched an episode of Melrose Place before I went to sleep. And this guy's oh, in my dream oh my as a bombing. And I mean, <laughs> I bombed to the point where I got <laughs> off stage, put my iPod in, and I walked right out the fucking door. Oh, yeah. No goodbyes, no nothing. And, and I, the longest train ride I've ever had. You know, no, I totally, you know what's funny about that? It, it made me think about, somebody saw like Mickey Mantle would, would cry sometimes if he would go 0 for 4 and really be hurt. Yeah. And they said, why? And he goes, because some kid saw me today and he's probably only going to, like there is somebody out there that can only afford to see me once. Uh, I love the thought of that. This and he's like, and nobody is ever going to fuck, like this kid has heard Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, I'm batting what, 330, yeah. I got fucking 40 jacks and this kid sees me go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts against and I look horrible. Against the Orioles. <laughs> against the Orioles, right, it, you know, and, and, and I feel horrible and they were like, he cared that much and I f felt like when I didn't do well, yeah. when, when people file out of the comedy club and yeah. they're in their mind they're going, that guy was not even close to good, or he was one of the weaker ones, or that guy sucked. I've got knowing that those people are leaving because you know what you have. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I know what I could do. I've been in fucking situations where I fucking destroy. I've been in black rooms that destroy. So now you're like, you're, they're leaving. You're like, no, no, come, yeah. trust me. Like you want to walk up to him and go, listen, trust me, I'm funny. You know what the one? You know what the? And it hurts. You man. know what the audience comment that stings the most when you bomb? What's that? 
you really, I mean, you gave it a good try. Oh, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. At yeah, least you, you got up there. Oh, uh, keep trying. <laughs> say, keep trying. At least you got. You know what? You're you're yo. The keep trying or no? That's oh, the fucking the keep trying is like you might as well. Why don't you call my mom and just call me a faggot to her? Like you might oh. as well just. Might as well just call my mom and tell her that I suck. I'm I'm really fucking thankful, you know, thankful to God that my mom, every time my mom saw me, you know, my father, my father and I have this weird relationship where it was, it was, you know, there was a bitter divorce and uh, we had visitation days, but yeah. I wasn't with him all the time. Make a long story short, the first time he saw me live was at Carnegie. No yeah, shit. Ever. Yeah, and it was no like, dude, it was shit. so emotional knowing that he was there. I found out five hours before, my brother was like, you know, dad's coming. Never saw me in like the 11 years or eight years I've been doing this as a pro. And uh, yeah, and, and like I, and my mom too. I remember the first time my mom came to see me was at Comic Strip. I, uh, I did six minutes at the comic strip and I was just like, dude, my mom is like right there. Like I can't fuck this up and I didn't, but you know, that would be a nightmare to me. But now the cool thing is if I ever do bomb in front of them now, enough you, time yeah. is gone. Yeah. Like I've done enough where they're like, oh, he just had a bad night. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I couldn't imagine just my, fucking bomb. Like, could you? My mom's never seen me live. Oh no? The only time my mom seen me do stand up was on Comedy Central. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because she lives in Denver, but it's like. Yeah, you're like. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about, man. We we got I got you I got you on the podcast, and I'm really glad uh, that I have you on here. So, so now uh, I've heard unbelievable th stories for, about you. Uh, one in particular that I would love for you to tell my listeners, but um, just to get this straight, so people know, because I have an aunt. Uh, my aunt Grace lives in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Um, you're not from. You're you were born in Connecticut. I was born in Hartford. Raised in Denver, and then I moved to Arizona to go to college. That's where I started doing comedy, was in Arizona. And you did radio? I did radio, and yeah, I did radio. I started doing radio there first because I had this like weird theory that I needed to get over the fear of the microphone. Oh, smart. I needed to get over the fear of hearing my own voice amplified. That's smart. So I did, and, and I loved radio, and I, I happened to work at a phenomenal station in Tucson at KFMA. Uh, it's still around. C fucking great people, great station. You know, I did overnights, I did weekends, you know, I'd just get on air wherever. You could handle it alone, too? Like, if you had to do an overnight by yourself? It yeah, was just I you? mean, it was just, I was always just me. Nah, and then, that's and tough. Then, and then I started doing stand-up, and stand-up went well, and then I moved here to do stand-up. I moved to New York to do stand-up, and then I was fortunate enough to get a job at the reincarnation of K-Rock, where I did, uh, I did weekends and overnights as, and, a, as a DJ there for two years. And when did you move to New York? Uh, January 6th of 2007. Oh, okay. So you've One, been six, seven. I've been here almost five years. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so you started doing comedy out in Arizona. Yeah, Laughs Comedy Club in Tucson, Arizona, which was a great club, man. I, I came up with like like three or four people that I, you know I stay in contact with, not really as regularly as I'd like, but a really funny comic named Jesse Campbell. She lives out in L.A. She's really fucking funny, and another comic named Johnny Schwartzbein who does. Uh, you know, he does some stand-up, but he's an improv sketch guy, and he's fucking great. And those two guys, you know, those two I came up with, and Jesse moved before me, and, and then Johnny moved after me. But we all kind of went and found our own place, and those two are in L.A., and I'm out here. And It was a great environment, man, you know, to go from doing open mics to yeah. the two months you're emceeing, and then you're emceeing, for, and then to, to get bumped to feature you know, all in the comfort of the same club, you're just like, oh, this is great. Yeah, you know? you're going up the ranks yeah, at the same. Yeah, going and working yeah. in places like Albuquerque and casinos and like yeah, shitty small Arizona towns. It was it was uh it was cool, man. But then you move to New York and you're like, oh, everyone's <laughs> really good here. 
<laughs> you're just like, oh, everything I was doing out there was horseshit. Yeah, so. it's, it's 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 exactly like you know, I I came in as a middle. Yeah. First time I ever got a, a gig middle, and it was for uh, uh, Bobby Kelly. Yeah. On Thanksgiving Eve, two thousand and seven. Okay. And then Bill Burr came in that Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. And I remember, I just, was it, was, it was it was at Rascals in okay. Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah. It was like 400, like crazy Opie and Anthony fans. And uh, it was just like, I was I was never more scared in my life, but it wasn't, a, it was just go up there and fucking do it. And I did it, but I was doing so much road. So I had the opposite, like, like with me, I started out where, I, I came up in black rooms. Yeah. That's all that would put me up. Yeah. Um, and then... I, and then all of a sudden it was weird. Like I featured on the road. Like I would do a guest spot and do well. And I got into feature. And I only had like 20 minutes. Yeah. And they were like, you got 25, 30? I'm like, yeah. I did. You yeah. know, I was just like, I'll fuck it. I'll figure that five minutes out, uh-huh. you know, as I go, which was fucking tough. It was the first time in South Carolina. But then, but then I come into the city and I'm like, well, wait a minute. What was happening was... I was getting, and, and, I, and I've, I've said this a million times and I have no problem saying it. It's part of the evolution of, of my career and, and a lot of comedians. It's, the, I've been funny from day one. Yeah. But I haven't been a good comedian. I've only been a good comedian probably for the last three years. Because yeah. now, getting laughs, I could get laughs. Yeah. I was always able to talk about, I could get laughs. We're sitting there shooting this shit with friends. You know, but, but now it's like, now, as I'm growing as a man, a father, yeah. a husband. Now I'm starting to just fucking go right for the throat. Yeah. The real honest shit. Well, you know, and people that saw me go, dude, you have something to say. And you know, obviously working with guys like Burr, I've opened for I've opened for uh, David Tell, yeah. I've opened for Patrice O'Neill. Open it and you see like holy shit, you I can be that honest? Yeah. Like I could say that about my life, I could say that about my wife, and all of a sudden people will come up to me and go, dude, when you said that, and I'm like, Oh, okay, now yeah. I'm starting to see. Yeah, well you're talking about you you're talking about just- killers you're talking about guys that are at the top of the game that the few you know they're the one percenters right but i was comedy. lucky enough to see the and, honesty to see, yeah, yeah. And to see to see those kind of guys and how they work and how they they are they they go through a metamorphosis where they finally are who they are off stage on right, stage right, and right. they're just talking about shit that they would talk about in a car if you were driving to a gig with them exactly and that's just i mean that, to see shit like that you're just like when I moved to yeah. New York and I'd, I'd go down to the cellar and I'd watch CK, one one night I got to watch Rock into Chappelle into Uttel. Oh, and I was like, yeah. you know, as a, as a comic, you, you're just taking a school. You're just like... Just fucking sitting there. Take with notes. A, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Yeah, the cellar's a place to, you know, to go where, where I would go and I would watch, you know, guys like, you know, oh yeah, all those guys. And um, it's amazing how... And Louis C.K. said it. He goes, "When you're the what you just said is what Louis C.K. said. When you're the funny you off stage, on stage, and being the same person. So um, it's funny, like, at, you know, when I, w- I was just out in Vegas, and like instead of like I, w- I would do certain jokes that I, you know, but but when I was out there, like I I was I was literally I just started shitting on the place. I started yeah. shitting on how old the waitresses are. I started shitting that the Tropicana only had two crabs tables, and like it's normally what I would normally be. And I was shitting on it before I got on stage. Yeah. I'm gonna look at this fucking place and everything. And I was like, dude, say that on stage. And like, I, yeah. And it's like the old me wouldn't have. Yeah. The old me years ago, just you gotta get laughs. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've been dealing with hecklers more. You know why? Because I'm stopping and actually addressing it now. Yeah. Before we're, we're so afraid we want to bust through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, oh no, is that guy saying something? That guy saying something? I was just in Jersey. This guy was talking shit, and he goes, "Yeah, well, beat your ass." I stopped the show. I go, "What'd you say?" And he said nothing. I go, "Oh, so you're just a pussy who talks over noise and makes threats." And the whole fucking room got uncomfortable. People were like, "What happened?" And I go, "And I ended up getting him back." Old me wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Old me wouldn't have been able to do it. Well, that's hecklers. 
hecklers live in the shadows. And the second, and yeah, you know, the best person we've talked about him all the podcasts, but Burr is the best I've ever seen handle a heckler, ever. I think Rogan's really fucking good. Man. Rogan's great too. Dude, Joe Rogan, Rogan is fucking Rogan, amazing. I've seen Joe Rogan. This podcast title should just be called Two Comics Talking About Other Comics." Because it's like, how great is Joe Rogan? Dude, Joe Rogan made a woman in Denver at the Comedy Works. Yeah. He goes, listen, it's not my fault. You're oh, unhappy. I saw you're that. just an unhappy person. It's yeah. not. It's you know what? It's just you. You could. You're uh, dude. He just. It was a fucking. I, he basically gave her a therapy session. Yeah. Uh, he fucking destroyed her. Um, but no, I heard a story about you that we got to talk about on this podcast. Um, we got yeah. We we this. You know what's cool about this podcast? This is just two comics shooting the shit. This is gonna yeah. be a good one. I like it. Yeah. Um, I heard something that you got tied up <laughs> and threatened for your life or some shit. Yeah. Was, that, uh, I mean, that's a long story. You could, I mean, however you want to do it, but it's, I just uh, heard, I heard something that you were tied up in a, in a, in some kind of fucking drug bust or some shit. Yeah. It was, uh, it was when I lived in Tucson. Before comedy. I was doing comedy. Oh, you were doing comedy. I was com- doing comedy. I was maybe six to eight months in. I just started doing stand up and, uh, my roommate, who was my be- like, he was the first friend that I made at the University of Arizona. I didn't really get along with anybody at the University of Arizona because they were a different. Was this the guy from Long Island? That's him. <laughs> greatest ever. Oh, uh, greatest ever. But he, him and I became friends when I moved there because I didn't really get along with everyone because University of Arizona, it's very a, a majority, not the whole student body, but a lot of the students there are rich kids from Southern California. With their parents' money. Okay. And I'm coming from middle class Denver. Yeah. Where all my friends work. We've yeah. all had jobs. We're all, and you know, I was thinking when you go to college, everyone's tight on money. Everyone's drinking Milwaukee's best yes. and eating fucking ramen noodle. Not at a And these kids are like going that. to fucking bars and doing blow. And it's just like, I didn't fucking know. So my friend, <laughs> I'm not going to leave, I'm not, I always leave his name out of the story. But my buddy, our freshman year, starts selling weed. And he just like very low end shit, and then sophomore year he keeps going, where he starts selling like you know, oh. dimes, grams, and then that moves up to eights, so on and so forth. By where our junior year he's selling ounces, and finally by our senior year in 04, he's selling pounds. Like, like he's the guy on campus. He's moving weight. Like you guys got people knocking on your door all hours of the fucking night. No, like he was so big, it was appointment only, and like he wow. had, he had to know you. And it was fucking serious, man. Like, and I was just the dude on the couch. I was like Brad Pitt in True Romance. Like, I was just like Stephen Wright. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I was just this guy that like. He was selling pounds. I mean, I would just smoke weed for free. That's all. That's the only payment I needed, and that was like it. So, fast forward to March of '04. um, I'm, I'm going to do laundry, and I got six loads of laundry in my shitty Dodge Stratus. My 96 Dodge Stratus, just a, you know, a good car, but just a piece of shit. Right. And I'm going to, I go to the (laughs) bank and I'm exchanging money for quarters to go to the laundromat. And I get a call on my cell phone and it's him. And he's like, yeah, dude, he's like, yo, there's someone, someone's outside and I don't, I don't know him and I'm doing a deal. He's like, will you come back here? And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm right. not fucking Steven Seagal. Right, I'm right. A lanky fucking douchebag. But the shit wasn't going down yet. No, nothing was nothing bad was going yet. Down. Right. So I pull in and and we lived uh, in an apartment that had a staircase on the side 
that went up to our apartment and under was the carport for the like the apartments around us. Okay. So that's where everyone parked their cars. And we were above the carport. So I pull into the carport and there's like these two dudes. There's this Mexican dude and a white dude that's all tatted up. And they're like, what's up, man? You know where Tommy Green lives? And I was like, you guys are awful at making names. That's in my head immediately. I was like, you guys are fucking terrible at this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, there's no one named Tommy that lives in this area. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, okay. And they leave. And I watch them leave. I watch them walk down. We lived in kind of like a back alley. I watch them walk down the fucking street. So I go upstairs and I talk to my roommate. And I'm like, yeah, they're gone. He's like, yo, I don't know what's going on. The guy that we were, that he was doing the deal with was there. And the guy's like, I'm out. And the guy leaves. And me and my roommate are sitting there. And uh, I'm playing PlayStation 2. This is important because I just got Fight Night Round 2. Okay. It just came out because this was on a Tuesday. So I just picked up the video game earlier that day and I'm playing it. And my roommate's like, listen, I'm still going to do the deal, but I'm going to go to the street and jump in this guy's car to do the deal. I don't want to do the deal here. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, will you walk me to the car? Will you, if I give you my gun, will you walk me? Jesus. To the car. We had a gun in the house, and you know, he's selling fuck. He's selling a lot of pot in yeah, Tucson. Yeah, yeah. In Tucson, you could buy a gun at Seven Eleven. You could fucking. There's no. But what now? The campus where you were living was a good area. We were living just north of the. We were living off campus, but we were living like yeah, like a bunch of college kids. And not like, not a fucked up place. No, we weren't not living a ghetto. in the ghetto. No, we weren't living in the hood. Yeah, okay. So we. Uh, he gives me his gun, and I Jesus. put it. I put it in my my fucking dumb cargo shorts that I'm wearing. And my t-shirt and I put on my tennis shoes and we're walking down the stairs and he's got like a lacrosse bag filled with three pounds Jeez. packaged. We get to the bottom of the That's stairs. That's heavy amounts of weed. Oh yeah. And it was good weed too, man. It was, Jesus. Uh, I, you know, I don't remember some of college cause that's how good the pot was. But, uh, we go down the stairs and right when we get to the bottom, white dude comes around the corner with a gun and just kind of like, it looked like he tackled my roommate. They go down. I just look. And then the Mexican dude comes right up the stairs, gun on me, and I immediately put my hands up. Jesus. I'm not reaching for the gun. I'm not a fucking cowboy. I was not going to use the fucking gun. <laughs> I was just hoping if the guy had a knife, I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. yeah there we yeah, go. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. that. I, I'm not like thinking like, oh, I would have blast. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not an asshole. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> you ain't shooting fucking nobody, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you a gun, and if you're not scared of that, well, then I'm fucked. <laughs> so right, right, I, I put right. my hands up. And the dude puts his, puts the gun right on me, and he's Jeez. like, he's like, put your fucking hands down. And I'm like, ah, shit. And he takes the gun out of my waist, and I'm like, oh boy. He took your gun. He took my gun. Oh shit. My roommate's gun. And he's like, go back in the apartment. Now you're in panic mode, right? Oh, and not it, yet. Yeah, but it's like fight or flight. Like you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, you're like yeah. You're like, I, I just gotta, I gotta do whatever this guy tells me to do, because. I'm not jumping You're in off survival my mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to jump off my balcony. So I go back in the apartment. <laughs> and I turn around. And the dude hits me in the back of the head with my with the gun that I just had. Jesus. And I go down to one. I make like a noise like, fuck. Like it was like a weird noise. Because he hits me and I'm just like. And I've, got, I've been punched in the head a bunch. So like he hits me and I'm just like. Ugh. And I go to one knee and he like kicks me over. So he puts his foot in my back. And then he gets those plastic restrainers that the cops use and he restrains my hands behind my back. Now you're outside? No, my now we're in my living room. He made me go back in the apartment and right when I went back in the apartment he hit me, put me on the ground. Oh, okay, so nobody sees this. No, he shut the door. He, he restrains me, duct tapes my legs together. Jesus. And then shuts the door, pulls out like an army This guy was a fucking pro. Pulls out the army duffel bag 
and just like starts putting the gun on my head and like tapping me on the head and he's like you know like where the fuck's the where's the money where's the fucking drugs white boy and he keeps calling me white boy and i'm like dude you're five foot three i'm six foot four and i'm black easily, guy is a black guy there's a mexican guy a mexican and guy. i'm like i we're about the same age you can call me white <laughs> devil you can call me honky <laughs> I don't give a shit. But just white boy was just offensive yeah. to me because I'm like, I'm not a boy. Take off these restrainers, drop that gun, and let's me and you could fight. Like we right. could fight. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that though. I was thinking, yes, sir. Yes, sir. right away, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, because I did kind of know, but I didn't really know, and I didn't want to be like, well, let's go find it together. Like the guy's like, where's the drugs? Where's the money? I'm like, he doesn't tell me that shit. He doesn't tell me that. I have no idea where it is. So the dude just starts ransacking our place. All my DVDs, he just throws oh, in that bag. Shit. He grabs all my PlayStation 2 games. Now, I'm looking at the screen of my TV, which is paused on Fight Night, and I'm just like, don't take the PlayStation. If you leave me with Fight Night, I'll be good. Like, I'll be okay <laughs> for like a month. <laughs> he takes everything, flips our bedrooms, fucks our bedrooms up. I'm going to fucking kill you. Does it take PlayStation or no? No. Nah. No, nice. Leaves it. Nice. I'm going to fucking kill you, you fucking dead. I'm kind of giving you the abbreviated thing because there's other things that happen. He takes my wallet. He takes my keys. Now, you're laying on the floor. I'm in my living restrained. room Restrained. Your hands and your legs breathing, are duct taped. Yeah, breathing into the carpet. And I'm just like, man, is this it? Did you have a feel Like, did you think you were going to die? Or yeah, not? I thought I was going to die a couple times. When he was like, if you move, I'm going to fucking shoot you. And I was like, this guy means business. <laughs> did, you, did you get the sense from this guy that this guy shot people before? Yeah, he was a killer. Whoever he was. Oh, you, oh, he killed people, you think? Yeah. He was, <laughs> Holy shit, dude. This guy was the real deal. He wasn't some college kid that's like, hey, if you move, I might do like, This guy was saying it with such matter of fact yeah. that it was like... That like I might be done. This could be it. And so, where was your roommate now? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I'm still dazed from getting hit in the head. Holy shit. And I'm laying on the ground. Dude takes my wallet, takes my keys, leaves my cell phone on our coffee table. And then, like, like, uh... You're a senior? Yeah. I'm 22 at the time. No, I was 21. Okay, this is 04? 04. I was 21. Um, and, uh... Or was it March of 05? It was either way. I was in my last year of college. So this guy fucking... He says, if you move, I'm gonna kill you. And he leaves. And I hear him go down the stairs. And then I hear my car start. And I'm like, this motherfucker's stealing my car. This guy's stealing my fucking car. He comes back upstairs and he's like, if you move, I'm going to fucking kill you, white boy. And I start getting annoyed. Not like I'm going to do anything, but I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm not going to fucking move, man. Like, yeah, you've got yeah. a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start to get, like, it started to get repetitive, right? Yeah, like, where you're like, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. sir. Okay, fucker. Like, either leave or let's just end it. Like, not like, you know, not in that sense. But I was like, so I hear my car start and I, and I hear it back out. And I'm like, all right, this guy just stole my car. And I'm like, but I'm going to, I don't know where the other guy is. So I'm going to count to 50 and try to get the fuck out of this restraint. I'm going to try to get out of this. Yeah, it's we got annoying. this fucking speak. As you're talking about yeah. some fucking. We got some shit. Yeah, we got some dudes. fucking dudes around this car. Oh, no, it's just some douchebag in a peacoat. Uh, all right. So I count to 50 <laughs> and it's pure adrenaline. I snap the wrist restrainers off. You did? Yeah, I pull, I mean, clean off. Just pow, just off my All wrist. adrenaline. Pure, I couldn't do that yeah. in a million years. Now, Pop where is he? Off. He left. He's, go he's got my car, he's gone. 
I fucking rip, I like get one, I get it up enough, the duct tape enough that I get my foot out. I run, I go to the door, lock it three times, grab a baseball bat, and just fucking, I lit up a cigarette. Did you call I was, the cops? But here's the thing. I can't call the cops because we've got a dirty apartment. My oh. cell phone's dancing on the fucking table, and I look at it, and it's my friend, Troy, who, no involvement, and I pick it up, I'm like, hello, and it's my roommate. He's like, yeah, are you dead? I'm like, well, obviously not, numbnuts. I just fucking picked up the phone. Yeah, I picked it up in heaven. <laughs> Yo, you dead? And he, and he goes, yeah, what the fuck happened? I'm like, I gotta ask you that, because I'm the one that just got his ass whooped. And he's like, all right, he calls his guy, who he gets it from, and that guy sends out muscle. So within literally probably 10 minutes of me locking that door, there's two trucks on the street with heavily armed dudes from my roommate's guy. They're like, we got it. Everything's clear. The perimeter's clear. We clean the house out. Money, drugs, paraphernalia, any weed that might be in there. I, I have to call the cops because I have to call, report my car. Oh, yeah. Wow. Here's what I remember. And here's what sucks the worst about this whole thing. When I call the cops, it clicked and I'm like, I had six loads of laundry in my car. I lost all my clothes, all my sheets, all oh, my towels. Oh, shit. I was wearing a bathing suit as underwear for six days after that. Holy shit. Yeah, so... Did I'm, you ever get your car back? Yes. Like, a fucking week later, I'm at a bar drinking with my buddies. And I get a call. It's like, Tucson Police Department. Uh, Mr. Soder, yeah, we found your car. And I literally was just like, fuck. Because I wanted a new car. I was right. like... Oh, yeah, I, sure. was, I was looking at... Toyota Tacomas. <laughs> I was looking at all these nice cars. Oh, shit. But here's the weird thing about comedy. And I've said this before when people have asked me about this story. I went on stage. This happened on a Tuesday. I got a guest set at the comedy club Friday night. And I did nine minutes about being robbed and murdered. Probably yeah. the first time in me doing stand-up. I mur like murdered. Right. Got off stage. Never have I been able to talk about that Again. the same way. Right. Yeah. With the same, and it's all emotional, and it was yeah. all like the whole point of the joke was I thought Grand Theft Auto, I thought they're supposed to keep the fucking car when they steal it, not right. return it. What kind of shitty criminal are you? And you just yeah, but see, you know what it was. You came from such a real, like when you got on stage that night yeah. after that experience, it was such a real fucking experience for you and the stealing of the car and yeah. the fear that those fucking people hurt. It's like when you go into a joke and you commit yeah. and you're really in it, the crowd knows. Yeah. You ever do a joke half-assed that you don't want to do? The crowd yeah, knows. Yeah, they, know. they could feel it. And wow, man, that's fucking heavy. Yeah. That's was, uh, heavy shit. No, it's, it's, it's recently I got on stage and I just talked about my wife telling me that we're pregnant again. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you get two emotions as a comic. You know, at first you're like, great. Then all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I'm fucking broke. Yeah. You know, you talk about it when you, and people connect, dude, that's the thing. Like, that's awesome. Like you did that. And you, that was like the first time you ever really fucking probably got real from your soul. Right. Yeah. And, and it fucking worked. Well, that was the first time that I wasn't doing jokes about homeless people in Tucson or something corny. Right. It was like the first time I was like, yeah, yeah. I got fucking like beat up in a hog tide. And it's like, you know, like I look at that and I always think to myself, like I was, my mom said it best though. Cause I had to tell my mom that that shit happened because she was, we were going halvesies on the insurance, car insurance. Right, right, right. And my mom's real cool. My mom and I are very open. She raised me by herself. We're very close. So, she, but what she said struck a chord with me that I will never live with a drug dealer or be around drug dealers yeah. is my mom was like, do you realize that if the DEA would have kicked in your fucking door, you'd be in prison for 25 to 50 years? Yeah. That you got lucky that yeah. you got robbed? Yeah. 
that yeah. you got fucking lucky that you got robbed yeah. instead of I would be I would be in prison right now. We'd be doing a podcast through a fucking plate a bulletproof window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just put the fucking receiver down towards the computer. Yeah, dude, that's fucking serious, man. Like I've I've heard of people like when you're around drug dealers, man, like I mm. I know some kid that went to high school that that he lived with a drug dealer, a drug dealer ended up shooting him. Yeah. Killing him. Now my room like, now my No, no, you knew but. him. But dude, having amounts of drugs, having that much fucking marijuana it, around you. Yeah. And those people know, dude, that's money? Yeah, that's fucking scary, dude. Yeah, dude, it was... Uh, it but hogtied shit is something... Like, I've been scared before. I've had guns pointed at me. Yeah. I've been in situations with that have been scared, but never like that. That you know, was just like... That's fucking... Like, that's scary to another level. Like I said, I've had a gun pulled out on me. Uh, I've had a cop pull out a gun. Shit like that. I've never been fucking hogtied. Like, if I was hogtied and the fucking dude was hitting me on the head going, I'm going to fucking kill you, and they were tossing my... I'd be like, I'm fucking... Like, that would, yeah. I would... I mean, here's the funniest part. is The guy took my wallet. Now, you got to okay. understand, the wallet I had was the girl I was dating at the time bought, Pulp Fiction's my favorite movie. She bought me a bad motherfucker wallet. Yes. And that's what the guy took off me. Oh. Uh. Now, I tell the cops that I lost my wallet. Cop calls me back about an hour later after they leave my apartment. And he's like, Mr. Soder, I have to ask you. Uh, it says here your wallet was stolen. Can you describe your wallet? And I go, yeah. So one says bad motherfucker on it. And he goes, excuse me. I go, I'm sorry. My girlfriend bought me that. And the cop was dying laughing. He goes, you had that wallet? I go, yeah, the guy took it because he's a bad motherfucker. And he That's goes, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bad like, motherfucker actually has the wallet now. It's in its right. It's in its <laughs> right for all of his hands. Holy shit, yeah. dude. That's fucking intense. Like that whole night, you guys must have just been sitting up uh, you know talking. No, my roommate, this how. He's a friend of mine still, but he's a shitty friend. Yeah. Because of shit like this. He went and hung out with his girlfriend. He went and stayed at his girlfriend's house. I that, stayed at that apartment by myself. That night. Yeah. And oh, what made it fuck worse. that, dude. I wouldn't have done that. And what made it worse was I went and got drunk at a biker bar that I used to hang out in Tucson. My buddy gave me mushrooms. I did mushrooms that night. What? I, yeah. I, went, I walked home. Oh, dude, you're a tougher dude than me. 4.30 fuck in the morning that. on mushrooms. You're a tougher dude. And sat. And watched Sports Center four times in a row, out of my head, and I was like, "Well, if they come back, then I'm just gonna die." And then, and then it's just gonna show that he's such oh, a bad dude. I, you are a tougher dude than me. I would have went to my mother's, yeah. drank with my family, talked about it for days, probably not gone back. You're doing mushrooms, going to a fucking biker bar. <laughs> well, I did the biker bar first, then I did mushrooms. <laughs> Yeah, your like, friend. Fuck him, man. Yeah. Your friend needs to be with you through that fucking pain. I moved like a week later. He moved to Miami. Oh. So I had to, I had to go, I had to fucking clean the apartment out and move to a new apartment. And I was Jesus. like, while I was moving, I was like sketched, like are these guys did, watching? Did they find now? Where did they find your car? Middle did, of the desert, just in abandoned, fucking, right on the way to Mexico. Never found anybody. Nope, cold case. And how much did they take? Three pounds of weed. Yeah, probably they got away with like three or four pounds of pot. And your friend didn't get fucked up and at they, all. And they took my clothes and my book bag. With my fucking journalism books and so your truck was your car was just abandoned. It was cleaned the fuck out. Everything was gone except whatever was whatever. But they didn't take the seats and shit. No, but the, everything else. Okay, wow. Every, every small thing. So to this day, to this date, okay, scariest moment of your life. Yeah, yeah. It would easily. have to be right. I was trying to think if there's anything I was going to say, if there's another one, dude, you got fucking... Yeah, get out of my fucking wife's car. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> if Bro, like, that's... What the if fuck? if yeah. that, like, is lower on the list of that's shit... Like, but that's, like, a story, if you know me, that's a story where you're, like... 
if we just meet and we're hanging out for a couple months, I tell you that story, you're like, are you full of shit? Like, are you fucking with me? Yeah. Because it's so random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I know, but I could tell by the way you said it and the little things that you fucking remember. Because when you're in a scared situation yeah. like that and, like, the way you remember, like, the video game and, like, all that shit, like, if you're fucking... You remember every little yeah. fucking thing. You probably thought... Like, you remember the sound you made when he hit you. Yeah, I remember, dude. I remember... Wow, His man. voice. I still remember his voice. Was uh, now, how, old, how old would you say the guy was? I was 22. He's probably, like, 25. But he had that, like... Yo, man, he had like that oh, fucking, yeah, yeah. what's up, bro? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna like... fucking die, white boy. Like, it was, fu- I remember it as fucking clear as day, man. Those West Coast Mexicans do not fuck oh, with them. Dude, that's, yeah, that's, uh, they are a different breed. That's why, uh, I said to somebody, man, I wanna go to a San Francisco 49ers game or, uh, you know, a game out there. Someone's like, dude, those fans, I don't know if it's, it's a, I know the Raiders fans, but. And Niners. You go to the Niners games, man, there's well, a ton did of they fucking fuck up that, Did they fuck up that, that was... Dodgers guy? No, fuck that. That was the Dodgers that fucked up a Giants fan. The Dodgers fucked up a Giants. And that guy's like just talking now? Yeah, Brian Stowell. Dude, that guy's like just fucking talking. He was an EMT in San Francisco, and he went to the game, and his friends, a fight started. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. All right, well, this is a perfect segue, because this brings us to what I do um, on the Verzi Effect podcast, which, by the way, that's probably, that's that's up there in, like, the top three stories that have ever been on my podcast. So that was fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking awesome. Glad I, I mean, not for you. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm glad you, you know. But, um, but what we do on the Verzi Effect podcast is we usually talk sports, movies. I haven't seen any new releases. Have you Either, seen any no, new releases? No. no. Um, yeah, so I'm going to probably see something tomorrow night. Uh, and what I do is um, we got to talk football. So the only thing on sports I got is football. Um, you are... Speaking of the 49ers, yeah. you're, a San, you're a San Francisco 49ers fan? Die hard. The 49ers. You're loving Jim Harbaugh? Oh, my God. We're on that guy's Tomorrow fucking... night, man, the Harbaugh Bowl. Ravens, Niners, 8 p.m. Who do you like in that, honestly, like, without I being honestly, biased? Without being biased, I think you the think... Ravens. Do you? I think it's going to be close. I, no, don't get me wrong. The line is four. Four. The, the, line, is, the line is minus it's... three or four, so Baltimore depending on Baltimore, yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. Ray Lewis is back. Ray Lewis wants to show that he still got it, and Patrick Willis isn't the new Ray Lewis, even though he is. Patrick Willis is the Patrick best. Patrick Willis is a fucking. He's beast. the best middle linebacker in the in the NFL. Yeah, he's. And great. I can argue. Um, I'm just gonna say this: as a Niner fan, the past eight years have made me so pessimistic that the thing that pisses me off is when I'm wearing like my Niner hoodie, like I am now, or yeah. something. Someone will come up to me and be like, "Man, I used to be such a big 49er fan." You're like, "Well, then where the fuck you been the past eight years?" <laughs> yeah. When we were, you know, two and fourteen or fucking four and twelve. Yeah. And just getting our shit kicked by the Rams. Yeah. Like where the fuck are you at? So to have a season like this, oh, it's insane. Nine and one. You know what? We can lose to the Ravens. My Giants almost beat you guys. That, uh, well, not, I can't say I can't say almost beat you, you but almost, almost tied you guys. Almost, you almost oh, took it to OT. We, we almost took it to OT. Fucking dropped the ball, dude. That was defensive player of the year, and I will argue this: the defensive player of the year should be Justin Smith for the San Francisco 49ers. Justin With Smith, fucking eight sacks and that batted down ball. He's also the guy that stripped Philly uh, week five, I believe. So you guys it was. just lost to the Cowboys. We lost to the Cowboys in overtime, a game that we should have fucking won. That we we blew that game. Did they beat you at your home? At home, in wow. overtime. Yeah, that was when Romo was hurt. That was, Leave it yeah. to fucking Romo. That's Romo. Romo will fucking do something like that, but then at home he fumbles on the fucking. I would. I hope the Niners get another crack at the Cowboys because I fucking hate the Cowboys. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're and talking I, to a yeah. Giants fan, so I, I mean, we're too. in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. And if we get another crack at them, I hope Gore 
Hey, wrong side, Fiat, you dumb fuck. Uh, <laughs> Mini Cooper. It was a Mini Cooper. It was the same fucking thing. Some of those goofy yeah. small cars. Uh, <laughs> I hope Gore rips 233 touchdowns against the Cowboys. Now, as far as tomorrow night's game goes against the Ravens, I honestly think it, it, it'll probably be close. Our defense is playing out of its head. We haven't gave up a... I believe we haven't given up a rushing touchdown in the red zone yet. No, you guys, I mean, look, look, I mean, look, with Singletary, you had Alex Smith, and he had glimpses, but, like, this guy's, I mean, this coach is fucking making everybody play their position right. He's, he's uh, making and I heard, they, I heard everybody hates him except his brother. That's, yeah, that's what I was telling you. Uh, was that, a, you telling me that? Yeah, he's so, oh, somebody so said that ultra he's competitive. Fucking, yeah. He's so ultra competitive that I've heard that. Nobody likes him. Uh, yeah. The, like that, you know what? When he fuck them. I like them. How yeah. about that, Jimmy? Yeah. Everyone likes you in Niner Nation because yeah. we're fucking nine and one, and we're we're honestly two wins away from a first round bye. Um, you guys are probably gonna. There's a chance because I don't think the Giants are ready right now. There's a chance you guys play the Packers in the NFC Championship. The NFC Oh, at, at Lambo. Oh, oh shit! shit I don't give a fuck where. The I'm only, at. the only, the only issue in the only, well, I picked my my Super Bowl picks this year. I picked the Packers to repeat as Super Bowl champions yeah, against which, the Patriots, which is obvious. Um, the Patriots defense picks. is not. Yeah, but the, the Patriots the, defense is. Up. Yeah, it's not. It's not doing that good. The only thing Johnny is, Mance, can yeah. Alex Smith? Is, my my question is this: Can Alex Smith? Because it does come down down to the quarterback. Yeah. Can Alex Smith go into Green Bay? For an NFC Championship game and fuck, because he's gonna be pressured. Can he fucking win that game? And if he can, that would be fucking. Because he was a first round. He was a first round draft pick. First pick in the first round of the 2005 draft out of Utah. Yeah, I remember. And Aaron Rodgers fell. And Aaron Rodgers was sitting there, fucking in the green room, you know. And that's and a he, big reason he's. How good is that guy? I mean, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's like. We're well, he, talking to a Niner fan with for the past three seasons. I've been like. Why the fuck didn't we take Aaron Rodgers? Oh my God, he's so. But good. God only knows what would have happened if he, because he would have had to start immediately the way Alex Smith did. He yeah. would have gone through all those coordinators, you know, he, and then he would have been a bust. Sitting like and Smith waiting was. has helped him, and I think got it, to watch Brett Favre make a lot of mistakes and do a lot of good things. But um, what do you think about um, what do you think about the other two games this week? I, I think I think Lions uh, Packers is going to be great. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I think that the line D-line, is uh, the line is six and a half. Yeah, I mean the Packers win. But I think they win by four. Well, okay. I yeah. think I think I think Detroit covers. Do you? I think they cover the spread. I think honestly that D line, the Packers haven't got anything against like that. You know. Yeah. Sue is unreal. He's unbelievable, and McFarland's getting such a push. Yeah. That you honestly, with the way that they've built that line in Detroit, they've drafted it perfect. You you have problems with everyone. Yeah. So who are you going to have the least problems with? And both teams have the short rest, so there's no advantage there. It's everyone's playing on Thursday. You know, you got you got the uh, the Lions Packers is going to be great. I think Miami's going to give Dallas a run. I hope four and in a row pray that the Dolphins go four in a row because fuck the Cowboys. You're uh, not America's team. No, you're not. You know what you are? You're a bunch of just fucking big <laughs> ten gallon wearing hats. Cowboys and everyone that likes cow- the Cowboys that isn't from Dallas yeah. is an asshole. Uh, I can't stand that shit. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. No, I'm it's not the, Emmett Smith. No, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the three. You know, I got friends here that are. Now, here's the thing. I am I am a 49ers fan, even though I grew up in Denver, even though I was born in Hartford, because both of my parents are from the Bay Area. So there was okay. no question. 
When right, I was so nobody's born, gonna say, "Oh, you're why are you fucking was it Montana?" No, no, it, it was, was my. I didn't have a choice in the matter. Right. Literally, from the time I was born, it was San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco Giants were the only thing in my house that mattered, sports-wise. Yeah. yeah. You knew exactly. I mean, I was in, you know, my dad, after my parents got, when, when he left, he moved to San Francisco, and I would spend summers out there. Yeah. I mean, I was out there when Montana got traded to the Chiefs. That broke my heart. I mean, I've, I've oh, been... Oh, yeah. I've been didn't through... He go to an, didn't he go to the championship game from the Chiefs? AFC championship he game. He did, right? Yeah. It was the 1993 Super Bowl. No, it was the 1992 because it was uh, it it was the Bills and the Cowboys. It was the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC Championship, and then the NFC Championship game was the Niners and the Cowboys because there was a chance that Montana and the Chiefs could play the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Oh wow! That was the that there was a you know. So you growing up with the Steve Young years, pretty much. I mean, you, I mean, you Montana, could remember you could remember Montana, but so I was were, ten years old. I remember Montana. Right, and then it was Steve Young. Then it was Steve Young. Then it was Jeff Garcia. Then it was fucking, uh, God. Then we we went through so thing. many fucking quarterbacks: J.T. O'Sullivan, fucking Sean Hill. Uh, what's Alex his name? Smith. Uh, Terrell Owens had that huge catch against uh, Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. Wild and card was game. Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Huge. Year. That was a wild card game. That was a wild card game to go to the divisional, and then they lost to the Falcons the next week because Garrison Hurst. Got injured against the Falcons, against the Packers. Garrison Hurst went to uh, San Diego State or Georgia? He went to Georgia. He went to Georgia and uh, Marshall Falk yeah, went, went to San, San Diego State. State. Yeah. Um, all right, so I like, here's my picks. I like Miami to okay. cover, at least to cover. Cover. The line, yeah, I, I like Miami to cover. I think Green Bay is going to win by 10. Okay. I think I think it's going to be good for a while, and then I think they're going to shit on them. Okay. And uh, you know what? And I can see that the way the lines are playing, so I, I see that. You know, that plus I think Stafford's not 100%. Now, the San Francisco 49er Ravens game, it's tough. I got to be honest. I, I, oh, man. I think you guys win. Ah, I think, I'm fine with that. I think you guys are going to win, man. You know why? If we go because, to 10 because, because the Ravens are, I think if the Ravens win, it's going to literally be a fourth quarter, five seconds left, kick a fucking long field goal to do it. Because they have been Jekyll and Hyde. I've lost money on those motherfuckers. <laughs> no, seriously, that's not the same team. Yeah. Like Flacco, you know, is, is kind of all over the place. Um, Ray Lewis is toe. That's a big injury. That's, it is. that's like, a turf like toe. That, that's that turf toe, like, like cut Deion Sanders' career short. Easily. You know, yeah. like that's so him going there trying to prove shit. If you're not going full speed, Ray Lewis, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah. Your number fifty two could be out there, but if you're running slow, yeah. you know. So I, I think plus I think your coach is fucking so much more intense, and I think your coach is gonna. I think you guys being on the road is even better for well, you well, here's because the he's gonna be like, fuck this. We're Dude, three and zero on the road right now in the East Coast. Dude, we I'm, beat the Eagles. Uh, we beat the Browns. And who else have we beat on the road? If the line's four, I would take San Fran because I think the only way the Ravens beat you guys is by a field goal, but I don't see that happening. I could see you guys being in it. That's going to be the game of the fucking night. You guys, that's going to be a good game. So I'm, oh, taking, I'm so excited. I'm going to be fat with turkey. No, I'm taking, I'm taking Dolphins, Niners, and, and Packers. Okay. I'm not buying into the whole fucking Lions at home on Thanksgiving because this team, I've seen the I've seen the Packers take a punch. The Packers went down with 14 nothing against yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. And came, came back, back and just like, okay, they're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm man. totally on board with you, but I'm gonna go. I'm going. Um, I'm going Miami. Going Detroit. And I'm going. Miami. But you're not going Detroit to win. No. No, you're not going to Detroit. No, I'm saying Packers you think win. They're going to cover. You're gonna, they're Detroit not going to cover. Packers win. Okay. 
I don't want to pick the. I can't. I can't. Yeah, you make can't a pick. do it. I can't. Yeah, you can't do it. You're I just gonna watch it. You're just gonna, gonna watch it. Yeah. I'm gonna watch, and if you're wearing Raven shit and you're around me and we lose, just walk the Where other way. Where are you way. spending Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm spending it at a buddy's house, but I'm gonna be watching the 49ers game at the best 49er bar outside of San Francisco, Finnerty's, 14th and second. Oh, that's is it Reddit, really? Is it a 49ers it's, bar? It's the closest thing to being in San Francisco. And it's almost the closest thing I'd honestly say to being at a soccer bar cheering on a fan of a soccer team. They go fucking okay, nuts and they go hard. Really? And I've been going to that bar for three years. It's a sh- Oh, that's fucking- And by week 11, it's it's dead. You know what's funny about those bars? Like in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, there's like a Steelers bar. Yeah. Oh, like the Steelers sign. bars everywhere. No, the Steelers bars are fucking... They don't, that's no joke. Yeah, even in New York. I never even knew that that place was there for the Niners. Oh, yeah, check it out, man. They oh, have the Niner flag out front. All right, so before, so before we wrap this up, here's what I do. I let my guest... I do something called Unacceptable. Yeah. My guest of the show always pick something that you just feel, whether it happened this week, whether you see it on TV, whether it's a sports thing, whatever it is, something that just to you is fucking completely unacceptable. The more times you see it, you get pissed off. It could be somebody taking forever ordering a coffee. But what what have you seen? And it could happen this week. Or it could have happened yesterday. Or it could have happened today. Or it could have happened at a sporting yeah. event. But what have you seen? What bothers you? What is just completely unacceptable? To Dan Soder that you just fucking can't stand. Well, now we were talking about football, so to bookend it. Okay. The thing that I fucking hate, I love football. I'm a diehard football fan. Guys on the kickoff team, stop <laughs> acting like you just won the fucking Super Bowl because you made a tackle to 27. Oh, yeah. You're a backup. <laughs> You're supposed to make tackles. <laughs> Maybe if you made more tackles and stopped fucking celebrating, you wouldn't be on special You wouldn't be a special teamer. <laughs> Stop it. That's so fucking true. I like always, it. every time. Every time. They, they get do, up and they do they the They tackle the guy and they're like the 25 and they just start going. Yeah, that's good field position, dummy. <laughs> if it's inside the 20, all right, get a little happy. Yeah. You're at the 31. No, listen, if it's inside the 5, yes. that's fucking awesome. Like you guys. Inside the 10. Inside the 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if you're at the 32 and, and the guy's fucking almost and, and just... your punter. Unacceptable. It's that's unacceptable. Right. That's right. No, and it happens every game. I hate it. You know what though? It's, it's because beat. it's because those guys get no love. Yeah. They get no. They want to dance around. You know, spatted shoes. Sweetie, look at me. I DVR'd yeah. it. That was me. Oh, that's all me. you're gonna say. Yeah, look at me. I do, <laughs> I do my soft, soft pitch uh, home run hit and when the girl, I tackled. The girl's like, I would rather fuck the the yeah. long snapper. Yeah. Oh, remember when I tackled Devin Hester at the 29? Oh, see me get up and do the moonwalk. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, all right, man. So you got any plugs, man? You go, what do you got coming up? Uh, bu- 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 I'm in uh, Pennsylvania with DeRosa Saturday. Uh, just, I, you know, it's where, where are you at? Where in Pennsylvania? I don't know. Just some one-nighter with Joe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't ask questions. I just get on an Amtrak. Uh, to cross-plug a podcast, which I'll bring up years when I'm on it. Oh, yeah. But download the You Know What Dude. Oh, yes. You Know What Dude podcast, with which Bo- you do. It's Bobby Kelly and Joe DeRosa's I'm the Third Wheel. But uh, check it out. Nice. No, no. The, a couple I'm, episodes I'm, are up right now. I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing good things about great, that man. one. And, and, dude, thanks for having me. Man. No, dude, this was this was great. The stories were great. Uh, I had a blast. Um, it's so nice to uh, to have a cool dude, a friend in the business. Uh, you know, doing well. You're fucking funny. This is uh, it's it's awesome. So thanks, man. Um, and, and as far as my plugs, I'm gonna be. At uh, CB's Comedy Club in New York City, December 7th 
through the 12th or 11th. It's a Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, starting December 7th, I'll be at CB's Comedy Club, uh, 9.30 shows, and then the weekends are 9.30 and 11.30. And December 16th and 17th, I will be headlining Bananas in Poughkeepsie. Um, so check those dates out. I'm going to update the uh, paulverzi.com website. Keep checking out the TVE uh, podcast. This was episode 40. Um, so download the other ones. Thanks for all the listeners. Thanks to my guest, Dan Soder, who's fucking hilarious. We had a great time. And until... Uh, Till uh, 41, uh, I'm out.